Hello, and thank you again for listening to Biospace's Weekly Roundup. This is day three of our JPM coverage. I'm Lori Ellis, Head of Insights, and I'm here with Greg Sklobakin, News Editor, and Tyler Patchen, Staff Writer. Thank you both again for joining me. Greetings. Greetings from San Francisco. Great to still be here. Okay, so let's just dive in because there's a lot going on. So Tyler, I'm going to start with you. What are you noticing for today? Well, I, you know, nothing has slowed down, you know, even though it's it's day three of, uh, of J.P. Morgan and the subsequent other healthcare uh, related events going around uh, San Francisco. It hasn't stopped, you know, uh, certainly for me, I've, I've been certainly running around <laughs> San Francisco the whole day. But again, I, in terms of topics, AI is still on the uh, top of everybody's topic discussion. There is no doubt that's been kind of the one of the major topics throughout this entire, uh, you know, this entire uh, conference, even this morning, I, I was at a panel where they were talking about generative, uh, generative AI, uh, you know, which on the surface, you may think generative AI, you know, mid journey, chat GPT ish type uh, technologies, but, but, you know, they were talking about how it could run in the, at least the healthcare industry and, and biotech. They, you know, these large language models using these gigantic data sets trying to, again, find these sort of uh, the jewels in the crown of, of, of massive amounts of code and data, which, you know, is, is, is a very commendable thing. You know, this business is now being even tailored to finding complex biology, uh, things related to, you know, drug discovery, which we've, which we've talked about, um, you know, not even at this conference, but in previous conversations. And of course, the field is new. It's very complex. It is very uh, knowledge heavy. Uh, you know, people speaking, it's like, you know, there, there, there needs to be maybe not like severe regulations, but definitely knowing, having greater education on it and making sure that, you know, it's obviously all the information is protected, which which is very important because you're dealing with people's health. You're dealing with you know a very very a very regulated industry as well when it comes to biotech. So, you know, I think ultimately, I think you know it's still a major topic. You know, so is um, the other topic. I would say that everybody's kind of buzzing about is you know M and A and VC funding, and you know everybody's kind of on a on a on a buzz on a high ever since sort of the. Uh, the M&A news and the IPO news that came out right before J JPM and right before the all the events. So I think people are still excited about that. There's definitely more of a positive air or positive attitude in the air. Now, whether that carries on for the rest of the year, obviously will remain to be seen. But I think it's a decent sign that people are very excited, very having a very positive uh, outlook. You know, coming into this year, and and you know, and, and definitely shouting it from the rooftops at, at the very least. Yeah, I I just want to uh, corroborate what I've been hearing also in terms of I I, I would categorize it as sort of a cautious optimism uh, for this year, and that's in the funding space. It's uh, on the macroeconomic side as well. Now, of course, nobody can predict inflation and other things like that, but. I think people have a, a sense of optimism, though guarded it may be. I also, no question about it, AI is at the top of the themes that I'm hearing from stakeholders here. You can see it in the sessions, but it, it also, I mean, AI creeps into almost every presentation there might be as well. And so, you know, it's not surprising because we had a, a pretty major announcement on Sunday ahead of um, JP Morgan starting, and that was the announcement 
that came out from um, Google's subsidiary regarding two deals, one with Eli Lilly and one with Novartis in, in the AI space. And so both have signed on, you know, with milestone payments, again, worth up to $3 billion in the drug discovery arena. Now, it's big news. We've seen it before. In one session I went to, you know, there was a, a panel session filled with service companies primarily. So those folks who have a background in AI but are are peddling their services uh, to others. And so, you know, there was a noticeably a cynical look at big tech companies and their targeting of biopharma in general. And we can talk a little bit more about that. We can parse that. But on the whole, I would say there is an AI train. It continues on. And in 2024, we're going to continue to see big tech companies make inroads uh, in the drug discovery space. Right. Now, so I've just been reviewing the sessions. So obviously, I'm not talking to people that, that are there, but I've had discussions with VCs prior to a JPM and leading and leading up to the, the very days of JPM. And they were very honest about what the environment would be. And I think you're right. I think there's a cautious optimism. And the cautious optimism is because, yes, we should be excited about innovation. And that is also on the treatment side, but also the technology side. But the challenges, the challenges we're hearing, and they keep coming up, but they're the same challenges that were coming up. Now, on the flip side of that, people are now beginning to be more vocal of how artificial intelligence can work to help solve these challenges. So it makes sense that it's coming through all of the discussions, because when you have diversity um, issues and barriers to affordable health care, you know, AI can assist. There was one of the panels that I listened to, panelists outright said, why do you think drug development is going to keep getting more expensive? He questioned another panelist, and that makes sense. Yes, AI is expensive, but AI is designed to help us work more efficiently. And I think uh, if we start thinking more of a patient first and using all of these tools to benefit the patient, I think that's maybe a mindset switch that we we were starting to see in the industry and we're starting to see it now at JPM because as we only don't think about what is faster and more efficient it is what is the quality and I think that's where AI can shine but I think also people have to seriously realize it is a tool and I did listen to the panel that you're referring to about the big seven and they're already here and I think that's something that the industry is going to continue to struggle with and I, I know there was some question about the tech industry um, culture uh, versus the biotech culture. I think that's more communication. Uh, I don't think that one is better than the other as far as small or, or large. I think it's whatever works for that uh, company, the sponsor. I think that's where it really is, whether it's in-house, small platform or big platform. It's whatever suits your needs. And that's the beauty of AI. I would say on the AI front and the whole discussion around big tech and the Magnificent Seven, as they're calling it, I think there's been pushback here as well. I mean, I, I interviewed a CEO of a company. It's a, a clinical stage biopharma, and they're in the neuroscience and immuno-oncology space. And it, it's really interesting. I mean, he, he was very sort of cynical of, you know, what big tech is trying to achieve, he said, we've already achieved it. You know, we have our own in-house AI capabilities, our data scientists, and we design algorithms. And he, you know, showed me some of the data. They've used this core competency, again, in-house, internally developed 
for its own drug discovery. And, and they've made some really startling uh, discoveries uh, of their own for drugs that the industry has sort of left behind. Patents have expired, not really thinking about them in terms of other applications. And AI was what pinpointed uh, these new uses for old drugs. I honestly feel like we're going to see that. That is something that's, that's going to continue to happen. And I think within the industry, there's room for all of the players. Like I said, it just depends on the needs. Yeah, and kind of going back to that, that the whole sentiment of optimism, I mean, you know, even in, in most, a lot of the companies that I talked to uh, kind of this week and even today, they all had a very positive air. Not to say that, you know, they're, they're always, everything is always doom and gloom, but there was a real positive air in conversations. And, you know, even just talking about like, you know, hard news topics, everybody seems to have a bit of gumption about going out to raise money, about maybe even going public and, and have a real sort of commitment to, to those paths of, of, C, of, of raising, now maybe, you know, deeper stage raises such as VC rounds, but also like, you know, going public. I mean, you know, I think last year, I think if you could talk to people around this time, I think they would have probably definitely held up on the IPO market. Exactly. Um, but I also think, and this is something we actually haven't brought this up yet, what I've noticed within the conversations, at least on the panels that I'm reviewing, is that there's more of a sense of collaboration. Last year, there was the skies falling, particularly around the IRA. And so now there's a collaboration with the government. There's collaboration with each other. There's calls to let's look globally. Let's see how we can make everything work. And that's something that we're not only hearing from like the FDA or but we're also starting to hear it from companies. So I think the optimism of where the industry is moving, it now seems, I don't want to say completely less competitive because they are competitors. But I think it's now that mindset of putting the patient first is really starting to be more than just something that is said. Yeah, I mean, on the optimism front, uh, a survey that was put out yesterday by Global Data got my attention. And this is their state of biopharmaceutical industry for 2024. And basically, there is an optimism regarding the biotech funding recovery over the next 12 months, which is significant because... As we all know, you know, 2022, 2023 was was not a, a positive uh, time frame. So what's interesting is that, you know, more, more than 40 percent of those that they surveyed uh, had an optimistic or very optimistic sentiment on the biotech funding front. And North America really had the highest proportion with a pessimistic sentiment. But I think that was largely due to some uncertainty when it came to the IPO market. And so... We've seen some IPOs, uh, or at least the plans uh, for IPOs uh, early this year so far. We'll see if those gain momentum. They certainly seem to gain momentum towards the end of last year. And uh, yeah. I think that's another indicator. M&A yeah. deals are on track. Let's see if IPOs and funding can do the same. Yeah, I agree with you, because even as late as, I want to say, end of November as of last year, uh, the VCs were still at uh, conferences and having discussions, and they weren't exactly optimistic about 2024. In fact, they were saying, no, it's going to stay the same. That's what it's going to be. You know, so that's very surprising. But it also could be that, you know, once you get used to a climate and once you get used to working in that climate and then the sky is no longer falling as far as, you know, how do I get funding and what are the different approaches I use? I think that could also be a potential optimistic factor. 
Well, thank you, Greg and Tyler, for your insights. And that concludes this episode and day three of JP Morgan and Biotech Showcase. If you have any questions, please reach out to one of us directly. Thank you.